When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, 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 welcome back and welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Route. My name is Ray Route, and this is my podcast. Guys, we are part of the Dean Blundell Network. Go on over to DeanBlundell.com. See all the blogs and all the crap that I'm doing over there. You can see what everybody else is doing, sports, news, entertainment, uh, whatever, politics, all that kind of stuff. Go to DeanBlundell.com. You can also check out my website, RayRoute.com. I promise you brand new content heading out there tomorrow. And going to dedicate some time this week to update that merch shop. Get some of our uh, sponsored merch up there, some of our partner merch, and uh, maybe some new Dear Past Nation stuff. I don't know. Looking at working on some some famous quotes that come out of myself producer mike and uh even connor carney looking at that um guys go download the halftime app look for ray route great app reddit twitter all mixed into one no toxicity you can also find my content over on newsbreak download the newsbreak app or go to newsbreak.com look up ray route find all my uh football fantasy patriots all that kind of fun stuff over there and uh, go to patreon.com slash DPN sports, $5 a month to get some perks. Hey, your comments and questions get answered on every single episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. You get direct access to me and almost every Friday night, including this Friday, you get to come to the Patreon hangout, uh, 7.30 till 9.30, just a bunch of guys and gals, hopefully some gals, been guys so far. We know there's women that watch football, uh, hang out and uh, talk football. And you also get access to our draft party that's happening on Thursday night of the first round of the draft. We will be having a draft party. Producer Mike and I will be hosting the Patreon crew live here on our YouTube channel, Dear Pads Nation. And I'm going to try to figure out if I can stream it live on DeanBlundell.com as well. And uh, we're just going to have a good old time talking about our talking about the draft as it goes on. We'll be here all night. But here's what's going on for tonight. The Cincinnati Bengals were Super Bowl runner-ups and quarterback Joe Burrow and wide receiver Jamar Chase uh, get the majority of the attention, but the Bengals have a really good running back. And despite all the firepower Burrow has at the receiver position, Joe Mixon should be heavily involved in the Bengals game plan. Today we'll be looking at Joe Mixon's fantasy value. Despite uh, having a losing record and not making the playoffs, The Detroit Lions showed a lot of fight in a roster that could possibly surprise a lot of people. If you wanted to lay a bet on the Lions making the postseason, you'd get plus 450, and that may be a long shot worth betting. New England Patriots de facto general manager Bill Belichick made a huge splash last year during free agency and signed a lot of big-name talents like Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and Matt Judon. One of the most underrated signings Belichick made was signing former San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. And according to PFF, Bourne was the second highest passer rating generated when targeted last season. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones had a quarterback rating of 140.9 when targeting Bourne. Could we see the Jones-Bourne connection more this season? 
Well, those Buffalo Bills are favorites to win the Super Bowl. Bills quarterback Josh Allen is favorite to win NFL MVP. Is it time to take a long, hard look at Stephon Diggs and maybe take a gamble that he'll lead the NFL in receiving yards? He may not be the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's definitely a top five. Add Allen to the mix and the plus 1,400 for Diggs to have the most receiving yards seems like a great bet. And finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris was a workhorse for Pittsburgh in 2021. Some of that had to do with the now-retired Ben Roethlisberger's poor play. But it's still uh, it's still to be seen what impact Mitchell Trubisky will have on the Steelers and if Harris will continue going the, the Derrick Henry route and being the emphasis of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And how does that impact his fantasy value? That's everything we're talking about tonight. And with that, let's bring in my boy, my man, my co-host, the producer, producer Mike. Michael, what's going on, brother? How are you? What's up, man? Happy Monday. How you doing? Happy Monday. Happy Easter, Passover, and all the different holidays that people are passed and their spells celebrated over the weekend. Yep. Nice four-day weekend from my real job and uh, back uh, back in the grind. I was just on the Sheeple Shepherd podcast. If anybody wants to know, get a little glimpse of what I do in my real life when I have my big boy pants on, not my red track pants. Uh, head on over there. We talked a lot about mental health. Talked about the uh, ACE assessment, which is... Uh, adverse childhood experiences and uh you it was pretty interesting but how are you man how was your uh how was your long weekend not bad Boston marathon today does that, does that affect you does it affect your yeah, travel so so most of the world has the day off uh i don't in my field uh the uh biomedical industry keeps chugging any day they get so we get a floating holiday so i'll use that uh probably someday during the summer so you're one of the, you're, you're, you work for big pharma is what you're telling me. You're one of those evil people that are trying I to work run the world. for their cousin. I test all the drugs to make sure. Well, my company does. I do. Not. You do it. You do it personally. That's what yes, Mike does. I do. They, te- they, te- they test it on me. We, we do good things for you people. <laughs> this is, and this is why we are the way we are. I have no yes. excuse. Maybe it was the narcotic use in the past, but. Yeah, if you guys are ever wondering what's going on, why why I sound so crazy, listen, I'm just testing the drugs for you to make sure they're safe for you. All right, let's get into our first subject here. Sure. Let's I'm going to do a little bit of a fantasy profile. I want to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon, Cincinnati Bengals running back, obviously, Super Bowl runner-up with, uh, yep. I mean, one of the best offenses in the NFL when you look at Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, but you add in T. Higgins, even uh, Bird uh, is, is a good, re- Bird, is that his name? No um no hill uh, something like that anyways yeah. they got another wide receiver before we get into the fantasy thing let's talk a little bit about joe mixon what do you think of joe mixon as a, as a running back is he one of the best in the nfl is he a mid guy is he overrated what are your th- general thoughts on joe mixon and then we'll do uh we'll talk about fantasy and whether or not you'd want to draft him which before we get in there i will tell people he is uh, according to we use fantasy pros, I know there's lots of different places we can go, but on fantasy pros, uh, their rating they have him as the sixth top fantasy player, not just running back, but fantasy player to draft. So if you have the sixth overall pick, it says you should draft Joe Mixon. I should say though, they do have him as a tier two, not a tier one. Yeah, I put Joe Mixon in kind of this funny tier because, um, if you look at last year. He had a lot of yards, was hurt the year before, and two years before that, he had a lot of yards as well. But the team was a lot different. You know, you had Andy Dalton there and some other things going on and, you know, not the best players. And all of a sudden, in like the last two two years, they've come into this abundance 
of offensive talent. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, he's a good back, but again, now he's surrounded by, again, this, like, prolific offense that kind of took shape overnight. So you wonder, yeah, he kind of ran for a lot when there was nothing there. What is he going to do when there's a ton of weapons? And again, he had 1,200 yards last season, so I'm not saying he's a bum, but again, is he a Jonathan Taylor or a, or a Derrick Henry? I'm not sure. Well, let me give you a little bit of his breakdown. As you did mention, he'd had a big yard. So he's had over 1,100 yards three times in his career. Yep. Uh, in 2018, which would have been his sophomore season, he had a 1,168 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, he had in 2019, he had 1,137 yards, eight touchdowns. 2020, as you said, it was an injury year. Still ended up with four touchdowns, 428 yards in six games. This season, he ran the ball 292 times for 1,205 yards. He averaged 4.1 yards per carry. He also had 42 receptions for 314 yards and 16 total touchdowns. He came third amongst all running backs in the NFL last season. Mm-hmm. So he had a good year, but... I was telling you off air as we went into this, and this is me just hey, giving all the facts, right? We got to give all right. the facts. Absolutely. PFF has Joe Mixon ranked uh, for their score the 28th best, I guess, running back in the NFL. He had a total offensive grade of 79.2. He had a passing grade of 69.5, a run grade of 82.1. Now, when you think about fantasy, if you're and if you're going to take a running back, you either want a guy who's going to be dominant both offensively, both in the passing game and running game, or you yeah. want a guy like a Derrick Henry who's just going to own the run game. Same with Jonathan Taylor. Both guys aren't really known to be, you know, the big guys in the passing game, but they're going to get you right. a ton of yards and touchdowns running the football. So then I went over to our friends over at Football Outsiders. That's where you get the DVOA and all that kind of thing. And I expected him to be, you know. I expected him to be on the list. And then it kind of surprised me. So his total DYAR, he ranked, he was 87. He ranked 24th overall. His uh, YAR was 14 at 126. His DVOA, 32nd in the NFL at minus 1.8. His VDA, Hmm. 27th at 1.3. So again, like he, from from when you look at the analytics, PFF and football outsiders, because I know people argue like all oh, about PFF. How do they do their rankings? Do their scoring? Well, DVOA and stuff is all different mathematics. They use those are two different analytical sites. They had them ranked low, but now you got to try to figure out, okay, from a fantasy perspective, 42 catches, 16 touchdowns, 1200 yards rushing and additionally, you know, 1500 total when you count in his reception yards. I mean, it's good in fantasy. So we talked about how productive is he going to be as a player on the field? How involved in the game plan is he going to be? Can he still end up with a thousand yards rushing? Can he still end up with 50 catches? Can he still end up with 16 touchdowns? Because if that's the case, then yeah, you take him sixth overall. He's a good, he's a good running back to have on. Right. Um, it's interesting because he does, if you're in a PPR league, he does have a decent amount of receptions, even though you don't think of him quite as a receiving back either. He doesn't have a ton of yards, but again, it's PPR, so that's not necessarily what you're looking for. Um again, it's just interesting that. He seems kind of middling, but then then you look at the touches, you look at the yards per carry. It it really is a mixed bag here, and I'm it, it's almost like I'm trying to untangle a web here, just kind of looking at the stats real quick. It's it's borderline confusing because he is productive, but again, it's it's strange. So why don't we do this? Why don't I give you the first three running backs ahead of him, sure. and the next three running backs below him? And you tell me whether you would select Joe Mixon or would you select them? Yeah, okay? let's do that. 
Yeah. So again, Joe Mixon ranks sixth overall. Number five, Christian McCaffrey is the fifth, uh, the fifth ranked fantasy player. Would you take Joe Mixon or Christian McCaffrey? I think health obviously is going to be the question mark around. Him. Yeah, this is a coin flip for me. Again, we've talked about Christian McCaffrey kind of being the the top of his potentially the top of his offense or just sitting on injured reserve all year. So I think I would take the kind of middling over the feast or the famine. So I probably would still take Joe Mixon if a, if given the opportunity, although I wouldn't take him that quite that high. Number four is a guy that we talked about in our, our last podcast when we profiled Dalvin Cook, and I went into that podcast not wanting to take him, and I kind of changed my mind after we looked Same. at things. That he hasn't missed significant time. Yeah, he's missed time all year, but it hasn't been significant. Dalvin Cook at number four. Do you take Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon? For me, I'm taking I – and I agree with you. I'm taking Joe Mixon over Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. It's not even a thought over Joe Mixon. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to agree here as well that – um yeah, I'd take Dalvin Cook. I think, again, he's more of just that workhorse back that we kind of talk about. You see him, he takes over games. He could get some crazy yards. He also has that receiving upside a little bit. And personally, if we're going to go um, with some external factors that might count for the season, is I think the Vikings are probably set up to go a little bit further this season. So you you're, you may see some more explosive plays because they may be feeling themselves a little bit. So that's a little bit of something to factor in. Not to say the Bengals couldn't repeat where they were at either last season, but. Okay, so those are the three guys ahead of him. Let me give you the three guys below him. Number sure. seven is Najee Harris. I don't want you to go deep. Actually, let's skip Najee because he's going to sure. be our second. He, we're going to profile him. So we'll go the next four under him because we're skipping Najee. Yep. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be our profile on this show. So we'll we'll answer that question at the end. Who are you going to take, him or him? Uh, yep. Underneath Najee Harris is Nick Chubb. Would you take Nick Chubb or Joe Mixon? You know, when I looked at Nick Chubb the other day, he did have a surprising amount of receptions. I think last year was the first year he had missed a, a little bit of time. Um, I'm probably well, last gonna... year he played 14 games and he had 20 receptions. It's the second most in his career. He had 36 receptions in 2019. Okay. Uh, he only played 12 games in 2020 and he had uh, 16 receptions then. Okay, I'm probably going to take Joe Mixon here, and I'll tell you why. Kareem Hunt's in Chubb platoon. So you're you, even though on one given day, Chubb could get you much more yardage and overall could probably be about the same in fantasy. You're more likely to see that production from Joe Mixon week to week. Um, obviously if he doesn't get injured. So. All right. The next guy on the list is Javante Williams. Oh man. I I'll be honest. I don't know about a ton, a ton about Javante. Uh, we're going to have to catch up on the uh, Broncos a little bit. This so I'll year tell now. you what, I'll tell you what Javante did last year. Hold sure. on. Sorry. I just, I turned on his highlights. I didn't want to do that. I meant to click on his, anybody heard that in my mic. <laughs> um, uh, so rookie season last year, 203 played all 17 games. One of the yep. only running backs we've highlighted that on. Okay. 203 attempts, 903 yards, average 4.4 yards per carry. So if he would have had, compared to the others, he would have been at 1,000. Yeah. 43 receptions for 316 yards, seven touchdowns, finished 16th amongst all running backs. Okay. I, uh, they have him as a three-star matchup. I guess we'll go under the assumption he's going to improve. With running backs, right. it's weird. They can come out and have yeah. that kind of rookie season. Sony Michelle being a prime example, comes out, exactly. runs the Patriots to the Super Bowl, comes out not as impressive. A couple guys on offensive line get injured. Suddenly it's not there. But let's assume he takes a step forward. That was Javante Williams' rookie numbers last year. To me, just 
from what I heard, they sound kind of similar. So again, if you're, you know, if you have a little bit more background with this player, this is how I'll put it. If you have a little bit of a soft spot and have been paying more attention to him, I wouldn't see the downside. So if you're a Broncos fan, yeah, if you're a Broncos fan and if you're feeling it this season, hey, go ahead and take them. Stat stat wise, they sounded pretty similar. So now, what I would say is, I would take Javante Williams in a, a dynasty league over Joe Mixon. Yes, because you're going to expect more from him long yeah, term. I think Joe Mixon is what he is, and he's going to be good. I think you're hoping yep. that Javante Williams develops better to be Joe Mixon. You take that risk. And the yep. final one is not a running back to running back comparison. It's our first wide receiver, wow. which uh, based on the math that we have, I believe in two days we will be covering this guy. But Cooper Cup comes in at number 10. Um, again, we weren't going to go that deep but because we skipped Najee Harris. Uh, would you take Cooper Cup or Joe Mixon? I mean, this is a no-brainer. Well, well, no, because even if Cooper Cup does take a step back, even if I don't expect as much from Cooper Cup, I'll be honest, I expect obviously way more receptions. If you're playing a PPR league, I'd probably look for a different back and take Cooper Cup personally. Again, I don't think, he, you know, you don't expect him to repeat three, 1,300 or 1,400 yards, whatever he had that was crazy, but I'd probably take him over. yards. How much? 1940 yeah that that yeah i just uh i shaved off a little to make it sound much less impressive because otherwise somebody else would take him in our league instead of me yeah Uh, he's only hit over a thousand yards twice in his career i would still take cooper cup i think he's i think he's still an ascending player to be honest with you so i'm taking joe mixon if i'm in that sixth spot only because i believe that the running back position in fantasy is more valuable than the wide receiver. And there's some other sneaky good receivers down. I'm going to, I'm not going into deep detail about this and I hope we never get to him, but I will be putting out a blog tomorrow. So I'm not going to give any detail on this, but I'm putting out a blog tomorrow on the D on deanblundell.com to go read over why I believe Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins is going to have a huge year this year in fantasy. I mean, that that's fair. And again, I, I understand why you're saying what you're saying. I think I'm taking it strictly like within the confines of the, you are taking it from a football perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And as we've talked about before, there's a difference. We started talking football perspective. Then we turn into fantasy. Okay. Where that's, that's Joe Mixon. Do your research. Uh, Mike and I on the same page for some, not for others. Uh, I think we can both agree. We're both kind of comfortable taking them at six. If that's, you know, if, if, if we had to take a running back in that we didn't put any other running back ahead of him. Let's yeah. get into this next thing though. We, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh best bets. Is this a best bet? Is this not a best bet? Let's talk from a football perspective for a minute. The Detroit lions, the laughing stock of the NFL. Um, not a lot of people put a lot of respect to Detroit's name, nor have they earned it. Uh, you and I right. got into an argument the other day over Dan Marino and Barry Sanders and, and a little you guys can go check out our little twitter interaction there and then it turned just ridiculous between rhino and mike talking about randy moss but detroit lions mostly fake to be honest with you yeah i yeah. was trolling i have gone on record <laughs> on record mike of saying that if there was ever a year for the detroit lions to make the playoffs it's this season you've got the green bay packers who i believe are beatable i still think they're going to make the playoffs they're probably st- probably going to win their division unless it's minnesota who takes them over i don't have detroit winning the division by any means but green bay is beatable now detroit happens to be in the division with the vikings and the packers so those are going to be four tough games for them but i look around the rest of the nfc and i just think man detroit 
they shouldn't be a favorite to make the playoffs, but if there was ever a season that they were going to do it, it's probably this year. Well, DraftKings has them at a plus 450 and a minus 550 not to make the playoffs, a plus 450 to make the playoffs. But let's talk about it from a pure football perspective. Then we'll talk about the value of the plus 450. Am I out to lunch? Or is this the year that you could see Detroit actually making a run, maybe coming in in that final wildcard spot? It's interesting. So they obviously have a lot of draft picks and they have high draft picks. If they get some good plug-in players there, I don't know. I don't know if I see them making the same step that the Bengals did. I really, I don't. I don't trust Jared Goff, even though I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't know if he's the guy, and I don't know. And it, that defense is okay, but I don't know if it's there yet either. If you were ever going to flip your roster, oh, yeah, this is the draft year, no? Oh yeah, I think, uh, I think depending on who they pick up with that second overall pick, it could really uh, juice that defense. If I'm Detroit, I am trading out of that. I am collecting a bunch of picks. I really am. I'll because tell I, you, I'll tell but, you why I don't think they are. Because okay. if um, the Jaguars go after or keep their pick, get that offensive tackle that I think they're going to get, everybody thinks they're going with the edge guy from Michigan. They're going to jump on that guy in second because hometown hero. Anyway, don't want to get too much off. Into no, that no, but tangent. that's fine. But see, when I look at their offense, yep, Jared Goff, yep, went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. DeAndre Swift, good running back. Yep. Amon Ross St. Brown, good run, good wide receiver. Um, TJ Hawkinson, good tight good end. Good tight end, yeah. Good tight end, yeah. You know, then you start getting into their defense. Uh, don't they have Darius Slay? Correct? No. Or is they, he gone now? They traded him. They traded oh, that's him. right. They traded him. Sorry, sorry. That was, yeah, he traded to Philly. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's okay. why I get So I'm looking there. at their defense here. They're a little behind, but listen. How many first round picks do they have? Uh one and then obvi- one. I think no, they don't. No, no, no. Yeah, just one. Just one. Just one. That's why I'm trading out of it. There's so much depth defensively. Because I think this offense is good enough. Defense was a part of their issue last year, and they didn't even play bad. And I think they like their coach. I think they'll play for Campbell. Yes. I think that they really get behind him. So as I think from a football perspective, they're a good draft away from actually being competitive. And again, if this is last year, I'm not having this conversation, but I look at that NFC. Are you scared of the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons? Are you scared of are you scared of Arizona? I'm not. No, and they could they they not could have be hitting the reset button too. They could end up hit, hitting the reset button this year with everything that's going on with their quarterback down there. So, can you believe that Kyler Murray is now putting in a, a? How can you be on a rookie deal? And he, what is he on the third year of his rookie deal? And yeah. he's he's putting a timeline of the draft, and he's asking for a top dollar as a quarterback when he yep. has done. I mean, he's proved to be a good quarterback, but not proven that you know. Can he play without DeAndre Hopkins? That's my question. We haven't seen it. No. And um, again, and he made where, the. He, he, oh, sorry. Can I just to make. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get off that comparison. When you look at Deshaun Watson, he had his best statistical year without Deshaun exactly. Watson or without DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. And the, the overall offense really wasn't that good. He just, you know, the, the quarterback made it happen there. Um, 
yeah, Kyler, Kyler Murray to me, this this is outrageous. You know, you're gonna have these guys demanding incredible amounts of money here in the future, and not just a quarterback anymore, every position. So if you have these guys that get into year three of their contract, and let, let's say they're a first round draft pick, you better have outperformed all three of those years. To me, Kyler Murray has not, and the fact that he made the Pro Bowl last year to me is not impressive. In fact, it's more of a reflection on how the Pro Bowl uh you know, process is kind of flawed because as well, much Mac as Jones, Mac Jones went to the, the Pro Bowl and, and Josh yeah. Allen didn't. So let's just, yeah. you know what I mean? Guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you had a team that had one of the more stacked defenses in the NFL, which you're not going to have this season. Chandler exactly. Jones gone. JJ Watt broken, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I think they re-signed green, didn't they? Did yeah. They, they just re-signed, re-signed green? green. Yep. But again, 45-year-old A.J. Green, I mean, you know, him and my grandfather went to school together. You know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm not scared of Arizona. I'm not scared of Seattle like I used to be. Like, you don't have Russell Wilson there to steal nope. you a game anymore. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not scared of uh, Atlanta. I'm not scared of Chicago, even with their new coaching staff. I'm not scared of them. They've lost Allen Robinson now. Um, yeah, Chicago. Chicago is definitely in full rebuild mode. I don't care what they add in the drafts. I don't expect totally agree them this year. Yeah. So here, here's the tough teams ahead of Detroit, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Yep. Which I think is the best team in the division, by the way. Yep. Or like in the league, I mean, in the NFC conference. 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 Yep. I've got San Francisco. They're ahead of them. The Rams are obviously ahead of them. Tampa Bay, obviously mm-hmm. ahead of them. I'm gonna put New Orleans ahead of them. I know they. I know they. They. They re-signed Jameis Winston. They still have. You know, it's all gonna hang on Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas should be back this year. Still have, have two first-round picks too. Which two first-round picks? I'm gonna. I'm going to. And I think Jameis Winston did fine with them yeah. last year as the quarterback. It's gonna be weird to see them. How does they? How do they work without Sean Payton? But I'm gonna put the Saints ahead of them. Exactly. Okay. I agree. Tampa, obviously. Yep. Packers. Yeah, yeah, you have Detroit. to. You have, yeah. you have to. Sorry, my brain is yeah. just... I'm a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers hater. Sorry, everybody. No, I'm going to put the Vikings ahead of them. Yep. That's it. Seven mm. playoff spots. Yeah. They could. I mean, they could. And I think... I think you're. you're Am spot I missing on a there. hole? Am I missing a whole? I, 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 I'm just. I'm looking now because we're probably. I feel now. like I'm missing an entire division. We went through the. Uh, we went oh, through the oh, sorry. Dallas is ahead of them. Philly's ahead of them. Okay, yeah. so you got eight teams ahead of them. Maybe and I'm Washington. I might put at par because we got to see what happens with Carson Wentz and everything over there. So right now I have them as playoff contenders. At least I don't have them as playoff locks, but I'm as playoff contenders. All you need is New Orleans to fall off. You know what I mean? Or Green Bay to fall off, which I don't think is going to happen because of Aaron Rodgers, or Minnesota to be Minnesota. Suddenly, or San Francisco has no no choice but to play Jimmy Garoppolo this year because he's making $400 million for this season. All of us, you know, and they fall off. All you need is one or two of those teams to fall off. Yep. And all of a sudden, Detroit can sneak in on a wild card. And I want to put out there that nobody – Nobody had the Patriots going to the playoffs last year. And what no, we it. saw in the AFC was the top team sort of underachieve. And that's how the Patriots got in. Did If I'd have told you August 31st, hey, the Patriots are going to the playoffs, but the Colts aren't. Yeah, we would have thought we, yeah, 
you would have called me a homer. I lost my mind all you know year I mean? last year. Yep. And, so and honestly, all you, all you need is a couple underachievers in the NFC. Detroit overachieve a little bit, going a little bit of a run. And yep, I like the so okay, Mike. So let's put it this way: we're running out of time on this, but sure. I give you my money. So you're not even betting your money. I give you my money, and I say you got to bet on Detroit. Either you're going to say no for minus five fifty, which means you're going to bet five hundred fifty of my dollars to win yourself a hundred, right? Or you're going to put a hundred bucks on plus four fifty and try to win four fifty because I think that you have to. I think based on the process of elimination, Detroit has to be considered playoff contenders because if Tom Brady gets injured or Aaron Rodgers gets injured, those teams probably aren't going to the playoffs without those quarterbacks. Yeah, and I don't want to spend too, too long on this, but again, that whole... The NFC is totally inconsistent compared to the AFC. You know, again, you you named it. Philly, Dallas, the Giants... Listen, the Panthers are kind of the Giants ain't going to be competing for the playoffs this year. I wouldn't no, bet no, no. the Giants I'm, with your money. Yeah, no. And l- listen again, could the Panthers be like that weird? Like, do they do something if Sam Darnold stays healthy? It'd be kind of interesting, but I don't know. I don't see it in that division. But in the pa- and you know, like you said, the Falcons probably ain't doing much. So I would take I would take the bet for sure. I'll I'll bet your money on, on the Lions to win. Hundred dollars on four fifty. I was gonna say yeah. if you're betting five hundred fifty dollars of my money for a hundred bucks on a on a playoff contender, I was gonna kick you off the podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna move on here. We're gonna get to our Patreon questions. Head on over to patreon.com slash dpn sports. You get your questions and comments answered on every episode of the Dear Pass Nation podcast. We are live Monday through Thursday for our Patreon crew as well. Everybody on YouTube is just watching the restream of it and uh, everybody listening to the audio podcast. Well, clearly you listen to a podcast. Obviously, we know it's not live, but you can get the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Google Play, whatever they call it, Castro, all those podcast networks. Um, So, again, that's patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Come watch the live show and get your comments and questions answered. Uh, Moises Carter says, my my Patriots brother, Ray Rout, I'm going to say and producer Mike, even though he didn't say you, are the New New England Patriots need a lot more help in the draft. Let's go, Pats Nation. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious, right? Um, I think the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots have to address a lot on a a macro macro level. I think they need to address the safety position because Devin McCourty is not going to be there next year. Obviously, cornerback. Um, there's a couple, you know, a kicker, punter, all those kind of things coming into question. Uh, for those of you guys, like, hey, we have Jake Bailey. Jake Bailey's contract is worth $4 million this year. Um, yeah. Now, I, I believe because he's on his final year, they can extend him. But I still think they're on the hook for that $4 million, to be honest with you. I don't know if they can push the money around. I'm trying to, trying to get the answer on that. Um, but let's look at the micro level. I think the four key positions are interior offensive line, and it's not in any order. I'm just interior offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback, and linebacker. Those are the four positions that Belichick has to hit. And if he can hit those in the draft this year, I did put a video out today uh, on the YouTube, on the Deer Patrick's YouTube page where I said the draft strategy is hit those four positions. Um, Mike, thoughts? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Like, cornerback secondary without a doubt if you wanted to find a safety hybrid back there that could play deep safety in the Devin McCourty role I wouldn't be you know unhappy with it an offensive line to me um stand out um I don't think linebacker is as big of a need as some people do I think there's some talent hidden there um but definitely to me again two key areas of need secondary 
offensive line. And again, they're not going to be sexy people uh, positions for most people. As soon as, as soon as we draft, you know, um, a guard at 21 or no, I'm sorry, 32. Cause we've traded back twice. You know, people are going to lose their shit. And then, you know, when Mac Jones isn't getting sacked every other play, we'll be like, Oh yeah. Our offensive line is pretty decent. So yeah, I'm fucking looking forward to the draft party when we draft an offensive lineman at 31 and people are just like, that's the, the everybody in the it. chat, everybody in the live stream, everybody's just shitting their pants, freaking out. And I'm sitting here drunk. Cause everybody knows I drink for the draft parties and I'm just uh, sitting here drunk, just being like, Oh, we need it as Mike host. Cause you know, by the end of the night you'll be hosting and I'll just be, Oh sitting yeah. Here. I'll be, I'll be trying to keep it together. I'm going to go I'll, out smoke. I'm going to go out, smoke a little J, let's get a little high. Not, it'll be like that Friday night and you'll just be trying to keep the peace on the stream. Yeah. Just, just, just steering the ship while Ray is swinging from the rafters. It'll be fine. So make sure you join that, uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash DPN sports before the draft on, is it the 28th of, of April? I don't know. It's the third, it's a Thursday. So. Um, week. I'm, I can't yeah. commit to us going live Friday and Saturday of the draft. That's rounds two, three, and then four, five, six, seven. But yeah. I can promise you that we will be hosting the round one draft party. And as tradition, I put out on Twitter the other day that's our second annual. It's our third annual draft party. The first one I did on Sportscaster in 2020. Uh, it's our second annual on YouTube, but I did on Sportscaster in 2020. Last year was our second one, 2021. And as tradition goes, after the American National Anthem is played, I will sing the Canadian national anthem at our draft party. Um, thank you very much for your comment, Moises. Articular Pack Six says, "Who would you guys draft with your first pick in fantasy?" So this is a bit of a softball because if we both had the first overall pick, we'd both take Jonathan Taylor. If we both oh, had yeah. the se- second overall pick, we'd probably both take Derrick Henry. So let's put that. Let's get the third overall pick, Mike. Let's talk about that because when you look at the guys who are rated, let's say that like when you start talking about who we're going to take third overall, you got Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. Um, I'm going Dalvin Cook. I, I would have been before Austin Eckler. I liked what Austin Eckler did. We did his profile last week. You can go see our whole breakdown of him. I think I also wrote an article on DeanBlundell.com about Austin Eckler. But last year, 911 rushing yards, 647 rece- or receiving yards, 70 receptions, 20 touchdowns. He was the second top running back in in uh, um, fantasy. I believe that Eckler is going to be a big part of that Uh chargers offense again this year because it's not like they really added big offensive weapons they more focused on their defense however the other night as when i came on to absolutely shit all over dalvin cook um i have convinced myself to to go with cook uh even though he was the fifth finished 15th amongst running backs he still had 1100 yards almost 1200 he had 34 catches it's the first time that he's been under 40 catches since 2017 when he only played four games uh first time he hasn't hit double digit touchdowns in the last three years um i'm probably taking dalvin cook with the third overall pick oh man this is uh you have my entire answer to think about who you're i i know i know and um all right so I don't. I didn't want to copy you, but we talked about it before, so I'm gonna shift shift a little bit and just say. If you want a Dalvin Cook, you can say Dalvin Cook. I don't want. No, to change I'm gonna say it. It depends on what happens with. Um. Oh my goodness, I just lost the name from the Saints. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. It depends on what happens with Alvin Kamara. If he can play, I'll probably take him 
take him third, third overall over Eckler yeah. and Cooks. Yeah. Or and uh, yeah, Dalvin because I, wow. I still th- I still think he's going to be the highlight of that offense. I still think he's the number one weapon on that offense, regardless of who they draft. Even if Michael Thomas is, comes back, I'm not sure what he's going to look like after a year and a half of not playing. So, um, is it a little bit of a risk reward? Yes, but if you look at how that offense was running prior to Jameis Winston getting hurt, he was still the number one target by far on that offense. Um, Anybody watching on YouTube, let us know in the in the comments who are, if you had the third overall pick, who you taking? Or do you agree with Mike? Do you agree with me? Do you have your own pick all together? Uh, let me know. Uh, let us know. We want to know. And uh, we got one more question here from Articular Pack Six, who says, "What compensation will get us more for Nikhil?" <laughs> What compensation will get the Patriots more for Nikhil Harry? Him with his face mask ball magnet or put him on the Calvin Benjamin diet and then trade him as a lineman? Mike, take this one. You got to take this one. I'm going to say definitely the Calvin Benjamin diet. But listen, if we're going to beef up this kid like 50 pounds, we might as well just put him in the middle of our defense and call it a day. <laughs> oh, oh, man. He, Articular Pack 6 always gets us with, with one. Yeah. Where you're like, you think it's a serious question, then you just go, oh, come Oof. on, dude. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Don't we know you wanted us to say 12 wide receivers with the last question, too. We're oh, sorry. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, hey, dude, appreciate your questions, though. You're always in here. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, Moises Carter as well. Appreciate everybody who's watching and subscribes to our Patreon uh, channel. Don't forget, hang out this Friday. Thomas, hang out this Friday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it live on YouTube at 7.30 till 9.30, but to be a part of it, you have to come to Patreon. Um, okay, Mike, Kendrick yes, Bourne. Sir. Okay. Uh, you probably heard my intro at the beginning. Mac Jones had a 140.9 quarterback rating, QBR as they call it, when they yes, threw sir. the football to Kendrick Bourne. That was the second highest. Do you know who was ahead of him? DeAndre Hopkins. No. De- yes, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The wow. best, in your opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think it's Devontae Adams. You think it's DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think you can go wrong with either. Yeah. Um, but Kendrick Bourne, ahead of my guy, below yours. Wow. That got me thinking today. Can Kendrick Bourne become Mac Jones' go-to, right? Like Julian Edelman became became Tom, Tom Brady's, Brady's go-to. We had Lawrence Owen from Coltslaw in the Believe in Colts podcast and uh, uh, yeah, Coltslaw and Believe in Colts podcast on with us last year. And he did a film breakdown of Kendrick Bourne after the Patriots signed him. A little bit of the underrated or the under the radar signing when you talked about the big boys. Yep. And as Pat's Nation was screaming about Jacoby Myers being the next Julian Edelman, he was like, uh-huh. He's like, Kendrick Bourne is the next Julian Edelman. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, so the Patriots have Hunter Henry. You got Johnny Smith, and now you got Kendrick Bourne. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about go-to wide receiver, because I still think I think by the end of this year, I think by the end of this season, Hunter Henry is still going to be the go-to. I think he's going to be the most targeted receiver on the Patriots as a tight end. I agree. But do you think Kendrick Bourne could be the new Julian Edelman? Will he be, could he become Mac Jones' go-to? Because there's a there's a lot of faith there from a, a quarterback when you know how reliant that wide receiver can be. And I don't know if you noticed this in all those workout videos, him and Mac were uh, cozying up to each other a lot. Yeah, listen, um, nothing but love for Kendrick Bourne and what I've seen out of some of this off-season off stuff. I, I loved the energy that he brought to the field last year. 
and I could totally see this. I, I think I've said. I to keep you waiting on, for the however. No, there's there's no no there's gonna be no however. Are you here. saying we're gonna have positive Mike? Yes, I love Kendrick Bourne. I love again everything I've seen from this kid since he's he's been here. I kind of expected him to be more of like a number three guy with some upside, but again, some of the things I saw last season. I think the Patriots found uh, one of their diamonds in the rough here with Kendrick Bourne, and they seem to have harnessed um, an energy in him. He wants to be here. So um, I think we may have at least found one of the wide receivers that we may see grow with Mac Jones. We'll, we'll see what happens here. No, I, I listen, I totally agree with you. Uh, I, I love Kendrick Bourne. Again, for the same reasons you listed, his energy, um, his grit, the way he plays the game. I mean – when you think about the traditional Patriots way and how a Patriot should play the game, I think Kendrick Bourne slides right in there beautifully. Um, I think he's a good, good on social media. He's got a great social media presence. I understand why he's a fan favorite and he's a favorite of mine. I'm not sitting here saying he's not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not right. changing the goalpost here as, as, as our friend Mario would. So, so lovely. Like to point out at times, He's um, busy I jumping think, through a table. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. He's got some brain damage from table jumping. He'll be here Wednesday. He'll be here in two days with us on Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk some Buffalo Bills with him. Last week, I set up an entire Buffalo Bills show. And Did you? I probably should have. I wasn't even thinking. I probably shouldn't have done this to Fun Diggs subject <laughs> today. We should have should have pushed that to uh, to the next day. Maybe we'll talk about Gabriel Davis. <clears throat> That's what we'll do. Um, but yeah, listen. Um, I like Kendra Bourne. I think he can be the go-to. Again, when you can have sure hands... The, mm-hmm. the quarterback's going to want to get to. He can be that bailout. Uh, I think that the the three best receivers on the Patriots this year is going to be Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, and if if he stays healthy and looks the same, James White. Those are going to be the three because okay. you've got two outlet guys and James White. Basically, all three of those guys can just be those underneath outlets for him, right? And then you know, he'll take his shots. He'll take his shots with Aguilar. He'll take his 50-50 balls with Parker. Jacoby Myers will get involved in the game plan. Jonu Smith will do some fun, weird stuff this year. But I think they're going to be looking for a lot of, hey, Tom Brady had made a living. I'm not calling it checkdowns, but had a, made a living of taking what they give you in the middle of the field underneath and letting guys take the ball. And one thing I love about Bourne, and this is where he is Edelman-esque, give him that football and let him run downfield. He's going to get you yards. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say this. Any Patriots fan out there who's clamoring for Debo Samuel right now, I think you're insane. But Kendrick Bourne, ironically, coming from San Francisco, is like a mini version of Debo Samuel. Listen, he can run with the football. We've seen it, right? They hand him the football. He's great with it. He They get him the ball, you know on short yardage he's great with it in his hands and he's not a huge dude okay but he is tough and that's one of the things i love there were the two two or three standout plays last year where he got some extra yardage for touchdowns in critical situation and it was it was awesome you know okay i need to move on but i am going to say this that i'm going to come on when it's live on youtube tonight i'm going to come on right at the 41 minute mark uh, because at about 42 minutes and 11 seconds, Mike compares Kendrick Bourne to Debo Samuel, and I just cannot wait to watch the chat absolutely fucking explode and melt down over that comparison. I mean... So if you're watching live, if you're watching the live restream at uh, on YouTube, let us know in the live chat 
What did you think of Mike's comparison of Kendrick Bourne to Debo Samuel? And if you're not watching the live restream, let us know in the comment. What did you think of Mike's comparison? Because I just, I, I want to see the fan base flip out. We got to move on though. We've only got a few minutes left. I got two more things we got to get to. Uh, listen, Josh Allen is the favorite to win MVP this year. Uh, logically probably should win MVP. He is, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the National Football League. I did come out last week and say he's giving me Russell Wilson vibes. Mm -hmm. I don't take it back. <laughs> I don't. But he's still the best. Uh, the Bills are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They're the favorites to come out of the AFC. They're the favorites to win the AFC East. Have one of the most stacked rosters in the NFL. They also have Stephon Diggs. Now, Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, is not the best wide receiver in football. However, I will bang the table right now, Michael. I think that Stephon Diggs is top five. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I would dispute that. I think one and one A goes to DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Yeah, we did, we discussed that. Yeah. I think two or three, whatever you want to call it, is Justin Jefferson. I think okay, keep going, keep going. You don't like Justin Jefferson? No, it's not that I don't like him. I would actually put him right on par with Stefan Diggs. Okay. Number four, I have CD Lamb. Or no, not CD Lamb. I like CD Lamb though. I like CD Lamb a lot not, more. Not there. I like stuff. I like him a lot more than I think some people do because CD Lamb's one of my top ten. And when we one day when we talk about him, I'll explain why I think he's a top ten. Uh but sure. no, not CD Lamb. I'm gonna say Debo Samuel is number four, and then I have Stefan Diggs at five. Okay. Um, I I don't I don't have, have Jamar Chase there yet. Okay. I guess, and I don't have Cooper Cup there yet. Cooper Cup had a big year. He hasn't I, consistently dominated. I don't. I don't like Debo there. I really don't. But Debo's consistently dominated the last two seasons. Yeah, I Cooper just... Cup has not. Yeah. Okay. okay. Re regardless, That's regardless. That's, I mean, it's fair. I'm just again. I'm. I, I know that people are going to say Cooper Cup, but you're coming off yeah. of one season. If he does it this year, then we're having a different conversation. What about Tyreek Hill? Man, I think he's going downhill. That's the only reason I don't put him okay, in the top that's, five anymore. That's fair. That's he's fair. in my top ten, though. Okay. But C.D. Lamb's in my top ten, and I know people are going to flip because I have C.D. Lamb in my top ten. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? No. Top 15, maybe. Okay. I think Mike I, and, Evans. And I'm going to put out this out here. Injury history aside, like injury aside, because there's issues there. Mm -hmm. I have Godwin ahead of Evans. Okay. okay. I really do. And I and I think I have a good explanation. That's for a different day, though. Yeah. Anyways, my whole setup was that's my top five. Okay. okay. If I was going to build a wide receiving core and I could have five receivers, those would be my top five. Stephon Diggs is plus 1,400 to uh, have the most receiving yards in the NFL this year. Here's who's ahead of him. Cooper Cup at plus 700. Justin Jefferson at plus 800. Travis Kelsey at plus 1,200. Jamar Chase at plus 1,200. Devontae Adams at plus 1,200. Tyreek Hill at plus 1,400. I guess they're tied, right? Okay. Right there. And then Debo Samuel's right after him with plus 1,600. Before you give me your pick of whether or not you would bet on Stephon Diggs uh, winning the most receiving or having the most receiving yards this year, I want to point something out to you. Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup, in my opinion, is not that true number one. You know what I mean? He's a complimentary piece that had a huge year. 
They don't have a true number one anymore. Oh, I guess you could kind of count. I don't count Allen Robinson as a true number one. I don't know how you feel. I think that they are going to eliminate Cooper Cup. He's going to be doubled all season long. Then okay. hold on. Okay. I also think Josh Allen is a way better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. I agree. Justin Jefferson, sorry. He's got Kirk Cousins throwing him the football, and I think that could impact his year. I don't mind yeah. Kirk Cousins, but he's not Josh Allen. He's not right. Tom Brady. No, and that's fair. Not hating on Kirk. Like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Very capable. Absolutely. Travis, Travis Kelsey, I get it. That Chiefs team's in a lot of trouble. I agree. And I think everybody with, with Hill gone now, I think they're just everybody's gonna line up. You're gonna see cornerbacks lined up on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, plus Kelsey's getting older. He takes a lot of hits now with that line of scrimmage because we've talked about this. People know to jam him at the line. If you jam him and you take him away, again, that Chiefs offense may be something entirely different. Jamar Chase, uh, we've already had this discussion a lot. Second year in the league, they're going to take him away. Devontae Adams, got to see what he's like with Derek Carr, right? Was the Devontae Mm -hmm. Adams make Aaron Rodgers better? Did Aaron Rodgers make Devontae Adams better? We got to see, right? Tyree Kill, I've already given my opinion. Then you got Stephon Diggs. And I, I mean, you got Tua throwing Tyree Kill the ball. Yeah. I think Tyree Kill is going to do very Debo Samuel like things, but runs don't count as most receiving yards. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was just I was just going to say that. I think he's going to get a, technically a lot of yards after catch on short catches. So yep. here's here's my thing. The only guy that I think could possibly challenge Stephon Diggs would probably be Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of the team he plays on. Here's what I throw at you though. I think that the Rams defense and the Bills defense is comparable. I mean, okay. they don't have Aaron Donald, but the secondary is better in Buffalo. Yep. Way better. Right? They got some pass rushers now. They've got yep. linebackers. I think mm-hmm. it's comparable. Offensively, way better. Way better in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. But that defense of Buffalo is going to have that offense on the field a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs is going to be playing with Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, and Jameson Crowder. Very good wide receivers. Diggs is still going to be option number one every time he's on the field. Yeah, and him and Josh Allen have an unbelievable connection. Even when Emmanuel Sanders was there, and I know Dawson Knox wasn't quite to the level that he's at, but Cole Beasley was there. Again, Diggs was just, you know, still lights out. So I don't think the addition of those other pieces is necessarily going to detract from Diggs. Nope. I would put a hundred bucks in the plus 1400 and I would take Stefan Diggs to, to be the top receiver this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and some people are going to look at this from a football perspective again, what about, uh, Devonte Adams? What about, um, Hopkins? I don't think Devonte Adams has a shot in hell and I'll tell you why. And again, we've, We've kind of cataloged my my. I like when Mike. I like when Mike gets all just like. Here's why <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> There's too many weapons on that offense. Waller's going to get the ball. Um, Rempro's going to get the ball, and, and Adams is going to get. You're going to be splitting that ball three different ways, and then they have James Conner in the backfield. So that ball is going to be going all over the place. I don't know if that again. That's the case in Buffalo. So and you know what's weird? I always forget about James Conner. Always yeah. forget about him. With with so or no, not James Conner. Um, who's the run? Did I get the 
Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. Oh, right? I, I, yeah, I might have mixed those. Oh, yeah, James Conner is, uh, I'm sorry, the Cardinals, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I mixed, yeah, I mixed the names are very similar to me. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. Sorry, my bad to all the Raiders fans out there. <laughs> all right, um, so we got to get, we, we got like eight minutes, maybe seven minutes, and we got one more segment here, and we're going to be talking and highlighting Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris. And I wish we could have given him more time. But uh, he had a very Derrick Henry-like season last year. 307 attempts, 1,200 rushing yards, 74 receptions, 467 yards. That's not Derrick Henry-like. Mm. Ended up with 10 touchdowns, fourth overall. Here's my concern, bud. Mm-hmm. Three, 1,200 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. He didn't even hit that four. Um, first of all, he took a lot of punishment last year. He did. Do you uh- see... Mike Tomlin putting that kind of stress on Najee Harris. It depends. He, I, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that amount of carries. Again, he got about two years worth of carries in a single season. Um, hopefully, again, Mitch Trubisky is able to elevate that passing game so they don't need to do that. But second of all, his running may be just as efficient because they built an offensive line in the offseason and they didn't really have a great offensive line last year. So there's a little give and take there. I was really concerned with that 3.9. I think the workload yeah. up the numbers more than anything. I mean, Agreed. when you're talking about 307 carries and 74 receptions, you're yeah. on the field a lot offensively. The analytics are not good. No, they're not good. And I watched a lot of Steelers uh, football last year because of a certain friend of ours. And it was a lot of like, you know, get right behind the center almost and go for like one yard. It was it was scary. So Najee Harris ranked 22nd amongst all running backs on PFF. That is higher than Joe Mixon, uh, who I think we said was at 28. Right. But we will and we will be uh, at the end here comparing who are you taking Najee Harris or Joe Mixon. His run was 71.5, receiving 62.5. Joe Mixon had a way. I think Joe Mixon's run was like 81.5. It was receiving that brought him all the way down. He has an yeah. offensive rating of 69.6. Going on over to football outsiders, getting into the DVOAs and stuff, dude, it's even worse, man. Yeah. Um, let me look at these numbers here. Uh, his DVOA, I wish that they would drop down the menu when I do this, but his DVOA is 35th overall minus 4.8 percent his yar is 25th at 79 his dyar is 33rd at 48th he was also 33rd in vda i mean just not good dude like the analytics both on pf and football outsiders are not good i would say there's more optimism towards joe mixon when we first looked at those numbers which weren't great either but at least they were in the high 20s you're talking 33 35 um 69 point whatever i, I close it down with a 69 whatever on on pff 22nd overall again i think that i think that his stats his traditional stats came yes. because of workload not because of talent yeah and i and I will say that that kind of works against him in both directions because, again, they were just like so hampered on that offensive line. Defenses knew what they were going to do because Big Ben couldn't pass the football. Um, so it's interesting. I think where you're leaning is you would take Joe Mixon, and I am going to say that I probably would too, but it'd be interesting and it, um, 
you know, like a dynasty league, I still think Najee Harris has a lot more upside. I, again, I'll, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see as that Steelers team hopefully improves in the next couple of years, what happens with this kid. It's funny you say that though, because this name got brought up before. You might've said yep. the same thing about James Conner a couple of years ago. Right. Because his workload inflated his numbers, right? right. He's an okay running back, but he's not, dynasty level running back yeah we'll have to see and again i think what mitchell trubisky does this season or possibly mason rudolph right i mean they're all there competing um i think will will be the big difference so yeah i'm taking joe mixon you're taking joe mixon you might go Najee harris and dynasty hey sometimes dynasty you got to take a gamble and see where a guy's going to bring you and i get why you would bring him in um yep. i do want to take a minute here because we never addressed it on this show um, it happened over a weekend and a whole bunch of stuff happened and we never got to it. Um, Dwayne Haskins passed away last Saturday in just an absolute yeah. tragic um, event being struck by a car. Um, I don't want to get into Adam Schefter being a dick and <laughs> no. uh, Gil Brandt being just a piece of shit human being. Um, I want to get into Dwayne Haskins. Obviously very familiar with Dwayne. Uh, yeah. as everybody knows, I'm a big fan of, I'm the, you know, like my favorite, my college the team is, is the Buckeyes, the Ohio state university. Um, he's an absolute fucking legend in Ohio as a quarterback, uh, Paris Campbell. I don't know if you saw his tweets that week. I mean, he was just torn up, right? They were teammates there. Yeah, Joe Burrow him. and him were teammates. Uh, right. I think him and Zeke might've crossed paths as well. I can't remember. Um, but Everything we know about Dwayne Haskins was that he was a fucking decent human being. Seemed like a good guy yes. from what we understand did a lot for the community. Um, I don't want to get into football. I don't want to get into no. football. I want to just say that, first of all, 24 years old, uh, tragic, way too much life left to live. It It's one of those moments that remind me of the importance of – just living life every day um my heart mike i'll give you a minute here but my heart goes out to the haskins family to fans of the washington commanders the pittsburgh steelers um fans of ohio state university and just football fans in general who appreciated who dwayne haskins was um i know that i have said discouraging things about dwayne haskins as a football player on this show uh in my writing on twitter I want to be clear that was always about football on the field, not the man. And sometimes, Mike, and I think that we've done a better job over the last week of kind of flipping it this way. And it's it done purposely um, trying to remember that um, football players are human beings. And this, I didn't do this for the setup, but I have a, a piece going out tomorrow on DeanBundell.com called Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team. Um, and it actually was inspired by um, the reporting of Dwayne Haskins' death. Yeah, I'm just going to say what I said on Twitter here really fast. I'm basically just going to say, listen, life is too short. Use this as an opportunity or to reflect in anybody who, you know, you've lost touch with, who, you know, you need to reach out to, search the back of your mind, search, search your soul, you know, do right to the people by you, be close to your family and friends, life's short. No, enjoy that sentiment, guys. Um, no easy way to transition, so I just got to transition. I want to remind you all 
Okay, um, check out all of our football betting and fantasy content at DeanBundell.com and the Dear Pats Nation YouTube page. Remember, only bet the money you can afford to lose. Make gambling fun, not a problem. If you do have a problem with gambling, go find somewhere else. Mike is getting nervous. We're getting down to one minute to lockdown. Go check out DeanBundell.com. This podcast here at Dear Pats Nation is a part of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Check out our content over at RayRoute.com. Download the Halftime app. Look up RayRoute. It's like Reddit and Twitter all in one. Uh, download the Newsbreak app or go to Newsbreak.com. Look up Bray Route, all the football content I do over there. Head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Five bucks a month. You get the Friday night hangouts. You get to hang out at the draft party. Your comments and questions get answered on every podcast. Guys, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what's going on, never forget, you're all legit, kid. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.